In this episode of Locked On Capitals, we are joined by the Chirpin DMV podcast. As we talk about all things Washington Capitals, we talk about the season that was, the season that's coming up, what netminder are they going to go with? We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check that out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. So in this episode, we are joined by the Chirpin DMV podcast. Guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Hey, yeah, thanks for having us, Dan. So this has been kind of uh, a crazy season for the Washington Capitals. Um, I know what my thoughts are on this last season. What were your thoughts about the Washington Capitals last season? What was what caused them to to lose in the first round? Um, I'll jump ahead, in man. first, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I'll jump in first. So um, throughout the season, I thought they exceeded my expectations, especially for the first half of the season with like all the injuries they had and everything. Bunch of rookies stepping up. Didn't know what the goalie situation was. We unfortunately still don't, but... You know, I thought they were doing pretty good. Things kind of fell off the last half of the season a little bit. But, uh, you know, they still looked pretty good. But in the playoffs, I think it was just they have this issue that they've always kind of had where they just can't step on their opponent's throats. Because there were like two or three games where they probably could have gone up 3-1 to one in the series, but they just couldn't close out Florida. They just don't have that killer instinct, I don't think. And it doesn't help that they still don't have the goalie situation figured out. All right, Coach, what, what are your thoughts on that? Don't disagree. Like you said, exceeding expectations. Because we had that streak, too, where it's like you said, guys stepping up, and it was like, this guy scores his first goal of the season next game. This guy scores his first goal of the season. We're like, all right, we're just loading up on these kids, and they're producing for us. We might just go ahead and just toss back on the LTIR and just call it a day. But, no, we got to playoffs, and I thought we were struggling. And I was just – we talked about it in our Chirp and Slack channels. I was like, I give them no chance. They – Exceeded my expectations in playoffs, too. But as soon as uh, still just coming out, I was like, nope, it's just, yeah, we'll be lucky to go five or six, and we'll just call it there. And another season that's just kind of seems part of the course these days where it's get through, mid-pack in the division, and then just first-round exit. See you later. So uh, we'll, I'll ask you here first, Ben. What changes do they need to make before the start of next season? We We all know the product they had out on the ice wasn't good enough. If you're going to address one thing, first of all, say you're the GM of the team, what is the first thing you are going to address before the start of next season? I think the first thing I would address and probably what most of Caps fans would address is the goaltending just because we've tried Sammy and Vanacek for two years now. They're clearly not ready to be starters in the NHL. They need someone that can come in and steal them a game, make the big save that's not being made when they're playing well that just kills the momentum. So I would say first step is getting a 
respected goalie that's like veteran most likely so then he can keep maybe one of them as a backup because they're not bad goalies but they're just not starters is there anyone in the free agent market that uh that you like you know there this is the crazy season in the nhl i've heard links uh, uh elliot friedman talked about links with sergey bobrovsky i've heard right. gibson i've heard you know all kinds of uh, names out there is there a free agent out there that you think would be a good fit as the number one netminder for the washington capitals Someone that I've mentioned before, I'm not sure how the contract would work because I know he's just turned 30 or he's 31, but Freddie Anderson, someone who interests me, yeah. even though he has not, he's injury prone in the playoffs, as we know. He, uh, he doesn't tend to start the season off that well either, but he had a really good year in Carolina, could have been nominated for the Vesna. So Freddie Anderson, someone I would keep my eyes on personally. Yeah, and I was talking with the hockey writers, and one of the guys they thought of was Huso as well. I think mm. that uh, that might be – I mean, there's so many different options out there. Um, how about you, Coach? What do you think – who would be the a good number one netminder? I think we can all agree that uh, you know it's going to be Sammy or Vanacek as the number two. Yeah. Who's going to be that number one guy to steady the net? I think it's either of the two you named off the jump there with Gibson or uh, Bob. Because if you're looking at Bob, it's the Florida – potentially and more than likely is keeping 50%. So I like Bob at a $5 million goalie. Or do you pay Gibson? Do you go Gibson for one and a half more for, for six and a half? But it's, it's not like you can come in and ruin our team and be like, oh, Bob can't win playoff series because at the moment, neither can we. And when have we really had a legit goaltender since Hopi? Because like Ben said, you can't you kind of you, you see flashes of these two now with Vandy and Sammy, but you can't trust either one. In a, in a long run or anything like that there's there hasn't been anything to be like okay maybe he's got it maybe he's got it. he's still going still going then no you get that drop off with both of them at some point so then the question is is um do you think so say i know that the vanacek and samsonov are both rfas so the capitals have the rights but say something odd happens and they both leave do you think the washington capitals have someone in-house do you think zach fukali or hunter shepherd or phoenix copley I think Phoenix Copley is kind of the outlier in this case. We all kind of know what we have in him. He was Braden Holpe's uh, backup back in the day. I think that that will be, uh, you know, the thing that he's remembered for. But do you think Fukali um, or Bench or uh, Hunter Shepard rather is uh, ready to be the number two netminder? I think um, I can't really probably oh, a few years yeah, off. I've I will say that, <laughs> and I'll say, and I will say, shout out Phoenix Copley, friend of the program, one of our OG guests. Um, Very nice. You give Fuch. You give you can give Fukali a chance, and everybody's like, it's 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 how Caps fans and mostly Caps Twitter reacts. Somebody has a good game, and they're like, if you ever get sent down, if you ever get scratched, this this is a this is a joke of a team. It's just like you can give him that chance just because he had a good year in Hershey, but you still just never know at this level. Like we said, we thought a couple would come up and be that starter, and just doesn't happen. But I, I think Shepard still, you got two to three years, if any of them give Fukali a go. Yeah, and then uh, they have that uh, Clay Stevenson is who they signed as well. So he's a bit more of a prospect at this point. Um, my, my thing about the whole thing is, is that the Washington Capitals, you know, Peter Laviolette says, when it comes time to get to the playoffs, I want to know who my number one netminder is. And when it was game one, it was a coin toss. They really didn't know. Uh, they put Vanacek in there and he was smoked out early and they had Samsonov in there. And given credit where credit's due, I think that Ilya Samsonov kept him in the games overall. Uh, the defense and TGO, she giving up that scoring opportunity. How about you, Ben? What are your thoughts on that? 
Um, yeah, no, I was going to say, I, I can't really comment on Shepard too much because I don't know too much about him. I, I agree with Coach that Fukali should probably get a chance at it, especially seeing how our two goalies that we gave the reins to didn't perform at all. So why not give him a try at the number two spot if we sign a veteran? But um, no, it's it's very interesting because, like you said about Lavillette's comments going in, I assumed Vanacek would start, but that's only because he was the hot hand at the end of the season, and that's not that's not what you look for in a cup contender is riding the hot hand necessarily, unless you're in playoffs and something's going completely wrong and injury bugs and things like that. So, right. uh, yeah, no, I, it's a very weird situation. But yeah, goaltending is something that just needs to be solidified for a team that's trying to win cups. Yeah, so then, okay, kind of shifting gears here. Um, the Washington Capitals uh, signed uh, Malenstein and Leeson to new deals. Uh, one of them was a two-way deal, and then the second year was a one-way deal. So it looks like they have faith in them because, as you know, with a one-way deal, they have to clear waivers if they get sent down. So either they have faith that they're going to yeah. make the big team or they're comfortable in the fact that if they do send them down, um, that they're going to clear waivers. What are your thoughts on that? I talked to the Grit and Barrett podcast, and he was talking about that he thinks that Beck Malenstein could fit a role uh, for a Tom Wilson in his absence. Um, I think that this is a good sign for the Capitals that they're trying to address their future uh, by signing, uh, re-signing rather, Leeson and Malenstein. Uh, Coach, we'll start with you on this one. What were your uh, thoughts on those re-signings? I like both. Those are two that you're just kind of scrolling Facebook or Twitter, and they just kind of come out of the blue, and you're just like, oh, Hell yeah. Glad we did that. And then because you, you they, they they come up, they have good seasons and, you know, they put they play some big games and you're just like, all right, like this guy looks good. We could get him in the future. Um, it's good to see him. It's good to see when the young players can come in and make kind of an immediate impact and play into the role we draft him to be in a way. Like you said, uh, him coming up and potentially being that new Tom Wilson type of guy. But, yeah, it's just when you scroll through and you see it and you're like, this is this is good. Glad we got him. I'd, I'd rather see this and say, oh, he walked or this or that. We lost him. All right, Ben, I'm going to ask you that question, too. I mean, there was this infusion of youth in this Washington Capitals team. You saw Leeson and Protus and Faravari and uh, briefly Hendricks LaPierre. I think that, you know, we hear this all the time that this Capitals team needs to get younger, but it always seems like they keep pushing it out further and further. I think now is the time to do it. Uh, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing again and again and expecting a different result. Are the Capitals insane by going with the same lineup next season and expecting a different result, Ben? Um, yeah, I think it's insane to go in with the exact same lineup and expect a different result. I think you need to mix it up, at least in some ways, even if it's in minor ways. And I think getting younger guys in there is a good way to start. I also think it's a really good sign that the Capitals have been like notoriously touted for the last like 10 years as having one of the worst prospect pools in the NHL. So to see some of their higher-end draft picks come up and play immediately and make an impact is a good yep. sign. All right, so after the break here, we are going to continue talking with the Chirpin DMV podcast. We're going to talk about the injuries facing the Washington Capitals. We're going to talk about that coach, a crazy coaching carousel. We'll talk about that after the break. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. And the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, BetOnline is the fastest and easy way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. 
Bet online where the game starts. All right. So once again, we are joined with a Chirpin DMV podcast. And in this next segment, um, we are facing some big injuries. The Washington Capitals, that is. The biggest one is Nick Backstrom and the fact that he did not rule out retirement. And I was reading this as I was preparing for this uh, interview with you guys. This was posted on Russian Machine Never Breaks or RMNB. I heard it on th- their website. I heard it uh, with a doctor on, on Twitter saying the fact that it doesn't look good for Backstrom returning. I know he's optimistic and we all are but it's not looking good for his return. Ben, how concerned are you about Nick Baxter returning to the Washington Capitals? I mean, like as any diehard Capitals fan, I'm obviously mortified at the thought that he might not be on the team. He's like arguably my favorite player of all time. I absolutely adore the guy. But the reality is that he's had so many hip problems in the past, and this hip resurfacing is like, as we've seen all the players who have had it before, it's a very hit or miss kind of surgery in terms of your recovery. So... I I I think it's pretty unlikely that he comes back, and that's devastating to say. But in the long run, as much as it sucks, it also might not hurt the team to have that kind of money kicking around to try and win cups and stuff. And he, if you saw him in playoffs, that's not Nicholas Backstrom anymore. He was the slowest player on the ice at all times. Obviously, his brain thinks probably faster than anyone's, but still, the league's so fast now. I don't want him to retire just because I'm guilty or greedy, and I want to keep him around as long as possible. But I think retirement might be inevitable, unfortunately. Yeah, and that's what I've thought, too, is, you know, in the selfish nature of being a Capitals fan, I'm like, no, Nick Backstrom, you can't retire. The Washington (laughs) Capitals need you. Exactly. This guy still has to live the rest of his life outside of hockey. So Mm -hmm. kind of just being a humanitarian here, I want him to do what's ever best for him. Coach, what are your thoughts on Nick Backstrom? It could be said that Alex Ovechkin would not be the player that he is today without Nick Backstrom. I think that that's a pretty safe thing to say. What are your thoughts about Nick Backstrom and the possibility that he may never play hockey or for the Washington Capitals again? You could say that Ovi quote for every single season of those two's career together, I think. But um, I think it's a miracle if you see him play a single game with us next year, but it sucks and it's terrible. But to kind of go on what Ben was saying, I don't see Backstrom as better than the third line center anymore, even if he was firing. And we've seen it the past few years kind of, slowing down a bit. I'm not paying a third line center that much money. So we, we have that much laying around and we can kick it around a bit. Uh, the rumors we've been hearing about a couple players, I'm sure you'll mention a bit later, but it's just like, whew, some of that money's available. I wouldn't mind tossing it their way and seeing if we can get uh, a guy like Kaji or something over here. Yeah, being that you mentioned that, there are some interesting names that are floating out there. Uh, You know, this is the crazy season like I talked about, but kind of looking at what we have in-house, Connor McMichael can play center. Uh, I had talked about in a previous podcast that maybe it was Lars Eller, Lars Eller's last year with the Washington Capitals, but I think that that might change. But then you kind of have to look what you have down in Hershey as well. Um, but uh, what do you guys think? We'll start here with you, Ben. Do the Washington Capitals have someone on their current lineup that can kind of slot in and fill in where Backstrom played? It's safe to say that Kuznetsov is the number one center, I would say, for the Capitals right now. What are your thoughts on that? Do they have to go out and get someone, or should they kind of be bargain shopping here and just try to use one of the younger players like a Connor McMichael to fill his role? Um, I think if they have any desire to win the cup next year, then I think they should probably go and spend the money because McMichael, 
he was good last year, especially for his age, and he didn't even make the team at a camp or anything. He was just kind of thrown – or he probably did. He was just thrown into the role, actually. But uh, I don't think he's quite ready to just jump into a number two spot. I think you need a solid number two if you have any aspirations of winning a cup. And with some of the names that are out there this year, I think it wouldn't make any sense for Washington not to try, especially with all this money that they've come into. <laughs> Yeah, because it does kind of free up a little bit of money there. So I'm going to talk to you, Coach, about this. So just kind of what you were talking about there. This is what I call the crazy season. There's Nazem Kadri out there. I heard JT Miller. So the Capitals, I think, should swing for the fences here. You know, everyone's like saying, well, the Capitals aren't going to get these players. I mean, this is a perennial winning team. They make it to the playoffs. They won a Stanley Cup. Who do you think that they should go for? Should they go for someone like a Nazem Kadri? I know there's a bit of a checkered pass there. Um, you know, a lot of fisticuffs going on with the Washington Capitals. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking back to that yeah. playoff season against Toronto. Yeah. Um, yeah, do you think Nazem Kadri or JT Miller would be a good fit? So I think Kadri is the kind of guy that would fit right in with the, the heavy style. Our top six likes likes to play. Like Ben was saying, you need two good centers. We don't have a second good center. I don't think Lars is a is a guy that can fill that. McMichael's not going to fill it. And if you're going to win championships and playoff series, you got to have a good top six, not a good four and a half or five. Um, I would like to swing for the fence and get Kadri. You know, it's, it's a big name. You bring him over here, you see the run he's on. And uh, like I said, he kind of fits that heavy grit grind game we play, just kind of down your throat, get a little physical and make it tough. Uh, him, and, him and Tom Wilson coming at you one, two, every other shift would be pretty difficult if you're on the other team. All right, Ben, what are your thoughts on that? What, what do you think about getting someone like a, a JT Miller or, you know, like I've heard a lot of different names out there. There was a, an interesting article out there, too, that uh, Alex Ovechkin actually called a Vander Kane and he was trying to lure him to the team. Could you imagine a line with Kuznetsov, um, Ovi and Kane on a line? That would be insane to me. What are your thoughts? Who, who is that, that player? I mean, we can kind of just name any player that's available out there. Who should the Capitals target in this offseason? Who's going to push them over the top and get him past the first round in the playoffs next year? Um, with the players that we're talking about now, as much as I love Kadri and I really do love Kadri and the way he plays and everything, I think he might come in at t- just a little bit too high of a price tag and too long a term because he's he's been underpaid yeah. for pretty much his whole career. So he's going to sign a big ticket. So it's entirely possible he could come over and underperform. You can obviously say that about anyone, but I think JT Miller might be the guy to go for there just because I think he might slide under the radar a bit more than Kadri would. So you can get him at a little bit cheaper and he will play the exact same style of game as Kadri. Essentially he plays heavy. I think he had nearly a hundred points this year, if not a hundred. So I like the JT Miller potential addition to the team a lot. Yeah, the only thing that kind of worries me about the the Miller deal is I heard the ask for him was a draft pick, a prospect. I mean, it was a long list, the ask. And, you know, this was just someone's thoughts on it. Right. And, you know, I, I know that, that you have to give up someone big to give up to get someone big. But, uh, you know, it kind of worries me that that's kind of the MO of the Washington Capitals to, is to kick that can down the road and be in win-now mode. And win-now mode comes at a great cost. That's why yeah. the Capitals had one of the oldest uh, teams in the NHL. I think the Islanders were the only team that was older. So, I mean, that's a bit worrisome there, but I think that, you know, ultimately they're going to have to do something or they're going to have the same kind of result as they had this past season. So 
And then just in some news today, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to, like I was taking, talking about the coaching carousel. Uh, we talk, we saw that um, Paul Maurice is now the coach of the Florida Panthers. Uh, DeBoer is the, the coach of the Dallas Stars. What do you make of this crazy coaching carousel? It just seems like a recycling thing that they do around the league. It's got to be a tough job to be a head coach uh, in the National Hockey League. Uh, coach, we'll start with you on this one. What are your thoughts on the coaching carousel? I mean, has it never not been just a recycled, just who's available? Let's just take them. Let's just take them. I mean, I think the craziest thing to me was, what was it? The Philly report saying Trotz was offered over $7 million a year. I mean, yep. that's kind of the biggest thing that blew my mind. It doesn't really shock me. You get the initial hit. You're like, oh, Tortorella's going to Philly. You're like, oh, kind of a big move. But it's like, oh, where hasn't Tortorella been? And you're just kind of like, oh, he's going to this team. Now he's to this team. Now he's to this team. And we haven't seen really fresh blood and. A while, I would say, um, especially some, something that finds success and sticks and keeps going. But, you know, this is it's a situation like if you want to look at Philly, like he's going to come in, change the culture. It'll work for a year and a half and then same thing. Just hit the reset button and we'll go from there. But we'll see. I'm just more kind of interested in to seeing where Barry goes. Obviously, we all like to keep an eye on Barry, see what's going to happen if he does go front office, if he does get behind the bench. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, it seems that uh, all signs are pointing to. Uh, Winnipeg. I know that that is he's grew up generally in that area, but then I heard he bought a house in the Nashville area. So I mean, I guess it's just kind of speculating at this point. Ben, what are your thoughts on the coaching carousel? Um, it just seems like you know, uh, it's it, a lot of times to me, it seems like the GM is just trying to say, well, we didn't get the result, and he's trying to prove to ownership that you know I'm doing something, I'm moving on and getting a different coach. Um, you know, you take a look at the Islanders, for example. I think that that is all kinds of crazy that mm -hmm. uh, they got rid of Barry Trotz in favor of Lane Lambert. We saw how well that worked for the Capitals when we did that in favor of for Todd Reardon. So what are your thoughts on this crazy coaching carousel? Um, I mean, the way I look at it is sort of just like a job interview in general, where it's like if you have two candidates that are both like they seem like they have kind of like the exact skill set that you need and everything, but one of them is experienced, you're probably going to go with the person that's more experienced in the field. So I think that's kind of why the carousel keeps going. And sometimes it's just to like, I think in Tort's situation, because he didn't even coach at all last year, I think that's just Philly looking to do something because their roster has been pretty decent, I'd say, for the last two years, but they just haven't been able to perform. So I think bringing in a hard ass like Tort's to smarten them up a little bit might work. But yeah, I think it's just going to it's going to keep being like this. Eventually, some new blood will soak in like Andrew Burnett finally got a job last year, but he already lost it today, as we know. So <laughs> It's uh, it's interesting, but yeah, I think it's just an experience thing. It's just GMs want guys who know what the league is like and how it runs and things like that because it's a whole different beast than the minors. All right. So after the break here, we are going to continue talking with the Chirpin DMV podcast. I'm going to get their predictions on the Stanley Cup winner. I'm going to ask them about that famous flop, that uh, Philip Forsberg trade. Uh, we'll talk about that after the break. Oh, God. All right, welcome back to this edition of Locked On Capitals. In this edition, we are joined by the Chirpin DMV podcast. So, guys, I'm going to take a look at the score. I know that, Ben, you have it right next to you on uh, your TV there. Um, so it is tied right now. What are your predictions on the outcome of the Stanley Cup? To me, I was talking to the wife about this. I said it almost seems like the Tampa Bay Lightning are kind of playing with the avalanche, like a cat plays with a mouse. They're like, well, let them think they're going to get into this and we're going to close the trap on them. Ben, what are your thoughts 
um, on the Stanley Cup and how is it going to turn out? Um, I don't disagree with you at all because I saw people saying that this was looking like an inevitable sweep, even though Tampa literally just came back from 0-2 against the Rangers. So, uh, no, I think Tampa is going to win the Cup again. I just There's no point in betting against them at this point. I, I have them winning it in six. Okay. And see, that's one of the things that uh, you're making a bold statement. A lot of times when people are kind of undecided, they're like, well, this team's going to win it in seven. Are you really sure about that? If you're making it go all the way out to seven coach, what are your thoughts on the outcome of the Stanley cup? I mean, you just see Colorado get that second one not too long ago. Boom, boom. They're right there in front of the nets off two shin guards, a Tampa player. And then, I mean, but you're kind of seeing this Colorado team adjust right in front of your eyes in this game. Um, If you're kind of really looking at it, systematically i mean this is a team that's been all year just kind of running gun flying uh just pulling up and shooting from everywhere they can't do that against vasilevsky even though they got him pretty good in game two there but both their goals this game they're not camel car pulling up and letting it rip even on the power play goal both goals just getting into the net letting it bounce around and smacking it in so they're just kind of they're finding their way i think right here mid-series playing this two-time defending championship team and i think they're going to find a way to make it work and i'll go abs in six Okay. Another bold thing. I I like that. I like someone that says in six. Um, And I think that that is interesting to see Vasilevsky. I think, what was it, a few games ago that uh, they got shut out seven to nothing. And uh, I'm watching that game. And the first thing I'm thinking, well, there goes his goals against average. Um, And then the part of me was thinking too, it kind of made me think back to the whole Patrick Waugh thing when he was playing and they didn't pull him. And then he ended up walking off the team. In any event, it, it is kind of interesting why they didn't, uh, Vasilevsky didn't get pulled and they put Elliott in there. I mean, I think at this point, I think his ego should be pretty well intact. All right. So in yesterday's episode, I talked about the Philip Forsberg trade. And I revere that as one of the worst, if not the worst trade in Washington Capitals history. They traded him for Martin Erat and Michael Lotta. Lotta, who was the diamond in the rough out of that situation. You know, if you look at his score sheet, it wasn't all that great. But he brought the intangibles. He brought the physical game. He was kind of a hybrid of Hathaway and Wilson, if you ask me. Just looking back on it, it's been some time. We'll start with you here, Ben. What were your thoughts when you heard... Uh, that Philip Forsberg got traded to the Predators in favor of Martin Erat and Michael Lotta. Um, I was I was fairly young when it happened because this was back in 2012. So uh, at the time, I didn't care too much, obviously. But looking back, it's just like so upsetting. You want to go back and like shake George McPhee a little bit because like obviously it happens all the time prospects get traded and they turn out amazing but at least you usually get like something of value in return as that's how business transactions work and here they got nothing other than like tom wilson's best friend for a couple years and obviously that just seems like a a gm seeing a player in like martin he's like oh he's experienced he can help this team finally get over the hump let's bring him in horrible backfire to the worst degree possible and i would go as far to say it's one of the worst trades in nhl history not just capitals yeah Yeah, i posted that uh, i posted that one on facebook and everyone was kind of agreed some people uh, recalled something from you know many years ago that i guess i was i wasn't didn't come to mind but just kind of a crazy thing uh that they ended up doing that and one of the things i was reading an article from the hockey writers and they kind of thought it was a good idea because they said that the capitals were kind of a 500 team at that time and they kind of pushed them over the top and i, I don't think martin Erat had anything to do with that i looked at his score sheet and i think he only scored two goals for the washington capitals yeah. 
and then he went out to the coyotes too yeah Yeah, he went out to the coyotes and was kind of swirling around the drain and then he went overseas how about you coach what are your recollections of that i remember where i was when it happened i was at work and it popped up on my phone on twitter i'm like okay i know who i know who philip forsberg is but who in the heck is martin erat and michael lotta yeah it was just because it's just one of those um picks you get excited about for like years almost it's just like oh this guy's on our radar we got him he's it's just one of those like he's gonna come in make an impact make an impact but you look at our team that year because he would have came in what the same time as tom wilson so I'm, I'm just thinking now imagine him and wilson just coming up together in dc and who knows <laughs> maybe we win another cup maybe we win a couple more playoff series uh, if we just have that factor there but we had a good team like i said we added erad for that experience I think we had at the time Fair, Erskine, um, Brower, like Mojo was young Joe then. Ward. We had Hendricks. So we had some, yeah, we had Joe Ward. So we had some experienced guys. So I can I could see that being like maybe we get this prospect that can come in, make an impact that maybe outplay what we're getting them for. Um, and then Iraq comes in and just kind of steps up in a, on a good veteran team. But no, absolutely none of that happened. And we just got shelled by the trade, and that's it. <laughs> and we're still mad about yeah, it. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't live your life with hindsight and looking in the rearview mirror. It was a mistake that George McPhee made. And I think at the time, I think he was trying to do the right thing. I was looking at some of the beat writers, and what I remember is they said he was a bit injury prone, but uh, taking a look at his score sheet, it looks like he turned out just fine. Yeah, so, guys. Bad. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Coach, why don't we start off here? Why don't you let us know where we can find your podcast and where can we find you on Twitter and social media? Yeah, just go to our um just go to our Twitter and Instagram. I think they're Bat Chirp and DMV. Um kind of slowing down right now. So what we do is we just kind of give ourselves a break every offseason, just kind of shut it down um as soon as the caps start to wrap up there and then just hit it hard the next year. But yeah, just at Chirpin DMV, Instagram, um, Twitter. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, ben cranking out the content this year. He does recaps. Um, we have a couple different things we do. Um, like go check out his stuff. He's doing shorts and clips and reels on Instagram. So it's all good stuff. But uh, yeah, just go check us out there and give us a follow and you'll enjoy it. It's a little uh, more brash and rough, but it's a good time. All right, Ben. How about you? Let us uh, everyone know where we can find you online. Yeah, for sure. So I'm mostly active on Twitter, which is at b.little, but I'm really clever and spelled out the word dot because I'm different. But um, also check out the Chirpin DMV website for your Capitals merch. We're both wearing some of it now. Yeah, Got my Mr. Clean sweater here, Tom Wilson. Very nice. So uh, yeah, check us out. And yeah, thank we you got for the goat design, Mr. Clean design. Ben's come up with some good ones this year. The Koozie Revenge Tour looks like a rock band tee, like an old Metallica 80s type of Sure, it's good stuff, so check it out. But yeah, thanks again, Dan. It was a good time. It was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And maybe I can come on your guys' show sometime. It would be a lot of yeah, fun. I really enjoyed it. We'll, we got about one or two more to wrap up the season, so we'll, we'll, we'll get you on for one of them, and we'll, we'll close her out good. All right, I'd like to do that. So once again, thanks, guys, uh, for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from our local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals.